Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Anton Tui. And we are a pair of rankers. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. Time to rank off all over your faces. All right, no, we're back for another episode. A pair of rankers mean you cannot stop ranking. We're just constantly uh, ranking all over each other, all over our friends, all over our family. It's a thing. It's what we do. We're compulsive rankers. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Ranking sounds a little bit like wanking, and I think you might be sending two different messages. Um, oh, in my ear. No, this no, incorrect fake news. Um, <laughs> um, so, all right, no, so the last time we were on pair rankers, we came up with uh, you came up with sorry, was the idea to rank overrated actors. And during the episode, we ended up so- talking a little bit about maybe we should rank underrated actors. And in the next episode, after we're going to rank overrated human beings, and <laughs> which I thought was good, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, really absolutely. looking forward to. So we said we'll, uh, we'll pair this up in the same way we did with Suicide Squad and Peacemaker coming on Monday. To, we're going to pair up overrated actors and underrated actors. So on next Wednesday, um, the like fucking, we're going to have a double release of rankers and we're going to have both of them kind of, cause they, you know, they just work well together. So no, we're just get stuck into this. We want to keep the energy up like we did last time. And um, what's your number five motherfucker. And let's get this ball rolling. Okay. My number five is none other than now I want to, sorry, quick caveat. Underrated doesn't mean not rated. Yeah, it means underrated. One hundred percent. You know, uh, so Ben Benica del Toro. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, for someone that has the amount of talent he has, he should be in far more leading roles than he gets. He's more of a side Abs- character. Exactly. That's the. That's exactly the point I was going to make. Is that he he plays a lot of side characters. He he never had that like absolute breakout like godfather moment or anything like that and and he's just so he improves everything he's in fear and loading um uh sicario you know traffic a lot of great 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 way to go way to go yeah and he's and he's big in them and he's enjoyed but he never kind of comes up in conversations that i think he deserves to come up in yeah i think he's overlooked uh, despite the fact that his career is storied and excellent um, but at the same time, again, that that role, that's just like that bankable name. Benico del Toro should be a bankable name. And it's not. I need something else with him. Even in Sicario, which he was, you know, a huge kind of part of. You had, um, sorry, what's his name? Thanos. Uh, Josh Brolin. Uh, Josh Brolin. You know, yeah, you always have to have something there. You need Johnny Depp. Emily you know, Blunt was there too. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So he's, I don't know. I don't think the na- I don't think there's enough respect on the name. I think Benico del Toro should have been enough to get people into cinemas. And that, that never really happened for him. Usual yeah. Suspects, another amazing film. But the, yeah. again, he's surrounded by talent. It's not enough for just him. So uh, yeah, you know what? Honor Benico del Toro. I yeah, I, I like that too, because um, as you mentioned, like uh, when he was given the opportunity to kind of be a star like that people didn't appreciate the movie or didn't really go see it was the wolfman I mean, him and anthony hopkins i think was in it and like that had all the ingredients to make a, a really cool classic werewolf movie but unfortunately for universal unfortunately for benicio toro not a lot of people went to see it and even Emily though blunt as well wasn't it is she is she in uh, she in that as well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was really blunt as well fucking yeah. uh, at six degrees of uh, separation over here but um yeah. yeah so i i'm like you i think he's underrated and i think he's uh underappreciated a little bit too because of the, the the bevy of characters he's played throughout his career it's just like he's constantly doing something different he's always challenging himself he always succeeds when he does challenge himself and I, I'm mm. like you I think Benicio Toro is a little bit underrated considering how talented he really is you know 
Exactly. Number five, Vinny. My number five is going to be Bradley Cooper. Um, okay. The reason I picked Bradley Cooper is because he's proven over the past 10 or 15 years or so that he can actually do anything and everything. And yes. uh, and a lot of people don't really appreciate the fact that he can. He, I think he got nominated for an Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence got the Oscar. And got the Oscar. Thought that he was actually better in that film than her exactly so uh he, he's proven he's not uh can do comedy mainstream gross out comedy like the hangover trilogy like he mm-hmm. did like a, a good kind of like actiony type movie with limitless he does the voice of rocket raccoon you know so he's got a wide mm-hmm. range that he can do and a lot of people just kind of see him as one of those stereotypical americana type dudes and i think that's not really fair because he's proven that he's got acting chops he's got comedic chops he's got action chops and like for the roles he's done, I think he's always excelled. And I think that like he's a bit underappreciated in the fact that he's actually a very uh, complex actor and he can like he brought a lot of uh, humanity to Rocket Raccoon, who's my favorite character in MCU because he's so unique. And the way he portrays himself is just that I think he's very fucking good at bringing these characters to life in a way that really makes you kind of resonate with them or relate to them. And I think that's why he's my number five. Excellent. Okay. I'm just going to jump into it. Number four, and for a lot of the reasons that you said as well, I thought Colin Farrell's moment passed him. Mm, And I thought Colin Farrell showed a lot of range from cheesy and campy, you know, bullseye and the the, the much maligned um, Mm. uh, Daredevil. Um, But like every film he's in, he brings his A game to it. He can do intense action. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he's got a really strong on-screen presence. Yeah, in uh, Bruges. he's got the looks. Yeah, in Bruges, he was heartbreaking. Uh, really heartbreaking, like that. But I, I again, I just feel like he's more. He's time. He's a little bit older now. I think his time has passed. And I thought, wow, Colin Farrell was brought whatever he could to everything. He threw himself head over heels into everything he ever did. Like yeah. he took acting very, very seriously. Like lobster, uh, like phone booze, lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Phone booze. Uh, you know, it was like he was such a good actor that he kind of made this concept of the whole, almost the whole thing taking place in a phone booth. But he was so intense; he could yeah. do an accent. Yeah, you know, he can. He, great he's in just Tiger Land. All, yeah, great. He's an all-round actor, and it just and and again, a very respected one. People know the name, but. I, I just feel like he's moment past him. I feel like maybe he deserved more. I feel like people who had a lot, awful lot less talent um, kind of got roles that he probably would have been phenomenal in. I could see him as a John Wick. Yeah. I could have seen, you know what I mean? I I, I do. I, I think he's got acting chops. He's got comedy chops. He, he, he loves the craft. He takes it actually seriously. He's not just trying to cash checks all the time. I Colin Farrell for my number yeah, four. I like Colin Farrell too. And, uh, uh, because anytime I think of like top level Irish actors, he is a bit underrated because I do go jump to other names first ahead of him. Killian I mean, Murphy. Or... Yeah, yeah, Killian Murphy, your Liam Neeson's, your fucking Brendan Gleeson's, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I definitely think Colin Farrell definitely does belong up there because, like, as you said, he can do all of those things. He's got a new movie coming out soon as well. Matt Reeves directed Batman. He plays Penguin, a lot of prosthetics. We're going to see a new layer. Yeah, I'm two. delighted about that. I'm delighted yeah. about that. I'm yeah. hopefully, hopefully he gets off my list. By just have, by everyone just adoring this yeah. this portrayal because you know and it's, when it's I, a big stage when I seen the Fantastic Beasts as well like um when he played uh, Grindelwald in the first movie and we got to see the Johnny Depp reveal at the end I was actually disappointed because I thought Colin Farrell played the role so well that this should have just continued on and I never understood as well when the new movie coming up that Johnny Depp has been recast and they, they brought in a new actor again in Mads Mikkelsen and not just revert back to Colin Farrell who played him in the first movie. 
So like I just don't understand. I'd like you. I think he's a bit underrated, and we've shown from the movies we just called out that he can do a wide range of things. Um, but to move on to my number four would be Captain America himself, Chris Evans, who I said I think it was going to be a Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was going to be a Chris. So like for me, I think he's shown that what he has done with the Steve Rogers character and the Captain America character himself, that he's got everything he needs to be as an actor. And in a movie like Knives Out to follow it up with Daniel Craig, that he showed that he can do comedy, he can sell himself in a way that is kind of like he can be a bit of a prick, you know what I mean? Uh, in yes. the, like, so, and like with Captain America... He's such a good-looking, he's such a good-looking guy, he's such a fit guy, that he probably got a little bit typecasted into these kind of, you know, he played two Marvel characters. He's he, yeah. People forget that he was also Johnny Storm. Storm, the human torch. Oh, we don't forget. We don't forget. Yeah, we movies. don't forget. Or forgive. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Most uh, importantly, we do not forgive. <laughs> yeah, do you remember that? Like, you're hot. Thank you. So are you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you're you're right. I've seen him in Knives Out and stuff like that, and he has uh, charisma, charm, and wit. Yeah. He's got a little something about him, a little sparkle, and uh, yeah, maybe it hasn't been fully explored. At no, least he's had an excellent career but in terms of his acting chops i don't think it's a bad pick yeah look at snowpiercer like why well, he did in that movie like you know that's haven't really, seen it so, haven't not. so in snowpiercer so not to give away anything it's a really gritty movie it's all set on this train like you know what i mean yeah it's really really vicious there's a lot of really him jamie bell i think in it as well so it's like it's a really hard hitting like uh fight scenes in it and stuff like that and um even when he was younger he did that movie with uh, uh am i saying this correctly basinger basinger I don't know how to say this. I'm not Kim, sure. Kim Basinger. Basinger. But that movie he did with her, Cellular. Um, like he shows that he can do a wide range of things. And I don't think he gets enough um, uh, kudos for what he did with the Steve Rogers character. How that could have been such a laughed off character, the Captain America thing. And it could have been such a one dimensional character. And he ended up being the heart and soul of the MCU for as long as he was in it. He to did. The point, to the point where they gave him his fairy tale ending, his storybook ending. Because of the 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 way he morphed that character in the same way we spoke about how Scarlett Johansson morphed the Black Widow character from just being a sex symbol to this really deep, like dark, broken. You cared about her. You definitely cared yeah. about her. And in the like same, she was this beautiful kind of arrival, but she was, yeah. Exactly. In the same way layered. Steve Rogers did, like where he, at the first he was just this like uh, Boy Scout, but as soon as you really peel back that he's this man out of time, everybody he loves is dead except for Bucky. He missed out his opportunity with the love of his life and he's got all these layers that he feels like he's out of place out of time and the only thing that he has that is really means makes any sense to him is the mission and even that gets taken away from him in civil war yeah so so he really just showed that what you can do with a character that on uh first appearance could be very one note he met into a very layered complex character and he got to play him over many films and he never did a bad job at playing steve rogers and i just pretty, i think that shows the diversity chris evans has within his acting abilities you know good choice good choice all right, so for number three, I went with um, uh, Tatiana Milsani, oh, who is of orphan black fame, and she's going to be She-Hulk. Mm. So again, maybe one that just jumps off my list, and she's about to take over the world, and I'd be happy to see it. Uh, in orphan <laughs> black, she show she played. Uh, it was a clone kind of show, yeah. so she and she was based the, the archetype that that, and she played upwards of twelve versions of herself, each with unique character. As she was phenomenal mm. and i mean a tour de force just something that you can't get around just how good she is and a lot of the time she's playing off herself yeah and i've seen less chemistry between like seasoned actors that i've seen with this woman 
playing against nothing because like obviously as it's filming she's playing against a woman of her same body type who's getting shot from behind in a wig and then she's playing back and a, a vice versa role and she's able to create all of this chemistry really complex chemistry with herself and I, I just it, it just goes down in the history books for me I think she's a titan of the acting world and I know the base it on one show is is I've only ever seen one other film that she's been in but is it, it's bold but she she makes my list that's how good she is yeah no I, I um have never seen Orphan Black but like you do sing her praises a lot and you have for a long time and no like so I can't really give you too much bounce back. I've never seen her act, but I heard a lot of good things about Orphan Black and you speak very highly of uh, Tatiana Masani. So And watch this space. There you go. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I'll be definitely watching her in She-Hulk because, you know, I watch everything Marvel give me. So I'll see her in She-Hulk, but I definitely will check out Orphan Black at some stage because oh, I hear phenomenal. not my good things about that show. Um, so my number three to keep it rolling would be something similar that you've said that you based your pick with Tatiana Masani from a TV series solely from Orphan Black. Um, my pick is, comes solely from one TV series as well, and that is Andrew Lincoln that plays Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead. And Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I've seen... Uh, I remember This Life. There was a show in the 90s. We played Eggie. He, he played Eggie, and it was like this 20-somethings gritty kind of, you know, sexually yeah. active kind of... Uh, not comedy is a strong word, but it's supposed to be. Uh, I don't know what you would call. Yeah, dramedy. That there you go. That's what it was. And he was such a such a strong. Uh, he was in um, Teachers as well, and he is. He's just a born actor. I yeah. really do think. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Andrew Lincoln's strengths uh, really showed themselves when he left The Walking Dead, um, because that show, even though it was good with the storyline that had the whispers, and even he admits that he probably left the season too soon because of the writing that um, Angela Kang did. The way she st- uh, steered that show back to its strengths after it kind of became a little bit rudderless under Scott, uh, Scott um, uh, Gilliam or something, I think, or Gillian. But like, I just think that Andrew Lincoln has proven throughout this run of The Walking Dead that he can do many, many things with one character. And he got ample time. I know he got ample time with Rick Grimes. He got like eight or nine seasons with many episodes per seasons, and they kept getting longer each year almost. That like, he showed that he can do action, he can do drama, he can be like almost sociopathic at times, like he can be dictatorship, he can have a loving relationship, he can have this weird cold relationship with people. He just gave that character so many layers. When I read the comic books and when I watched the show, that I could not imagine anybody else playing Rick Grimes. And this goes to show the strength of him as an actor, that when he left the show that everybody started ticking the time down for when that show was about to finish because everybody knew without not only just without Rick Grimes but without Andrew Lincoln that The Walking Dead was going to be a shadow of itself and without him being the backbone of that show the show itself is good at times but it's always lacking him and I think he's proven over the the run he did about eight or nine seasons I think as Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead that he's a world-class actor and I would love to see him get more roles outside The Walking Dead. And if he doesn't, it kind of proves my point that he's a little bit underrated in the way that like he's shown so much of what he can do that I think he should be getting movie roles when he uh, runs or his time as Rick Grimes comes to an end, you know, because I know he's going to be doing movies with AMC as Rick Grimes with The Walking Dead. Yeah, absolutely. Like he could... He could carry a, a role, but I think I think he spent so long as Rick that he's kind of he is Rick. Yeah, Sheldon is Sheldon. You yeah. know, um, Jim Ross. Ross is Ross, and I, I haven't told David you what Schwimmer. shows those. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? They just are. And they're, they're like, I mean, that's why somebody like Jennifer Aniston, even though she managed to break away, she still kind of still managed to get typecast. This happens to people who spend a long time in a role. They either get to break the shackles, but still kind of get typecasted, or they get swamped down by it. And I would I would like neither thing to happen. And I would like for him to, for for Lincoln to for it to be a success story. But yeah, underrated actor for sure. Yeah, and um his Southern accent, like so like the, like most of the Walking Dead, a lot of them are British actors. The, 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 nobody can do an accent better than British people. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. The, no, the, like they're really so good. At, like I always say, a British person can do an American accent. So weird that an American person finds it so hard to do a British accent. Like you know what I mean? Like I just think it's the fact that maybe we grew up with their TV or something. But like I, I like when you hear him speak, his actual voice, like Andrew Lincoln, and like when you hear him compared to how he speaks to Rick Grimes it just shows you another another thing that he could do as an actor that he really inhabits this character and that he brings him to life in a way that's completely different from himself you know what I mean so I just think that's why uh, Andrew Lincoln's on my list um, Noah what's your number two motherfucker? Tim Roth Tim Roth Mr. Orange himself Miss, yeah, exactly. I, I know he's had a great career, but I just don't think people respect him. I, I, he's so gritty and burdensome on screen. Oh, he's just phenomenal. He's a fucking I mean, he guy, if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But, you know, he's he's 60 years of age now, and I would have loved to seen him. I would have loved to seen even more of him. Again, it's not that they're not rated. It's that I even think they deserved even more or that they're underappreciated at times. And I think Tim Roth was in Lie to Me as Abomination in uh, in Tupac Shakur's last ever film of Gridlock, I think it was called. Mm. He was he played everything to perfection. There was something where the camera melts away when someone like him's on screen. You forget that you're watching a film. If he, he can he managed to make everything give to have this documentary feel. He just he just makes it all melt away because you just buy him because he feels like he buys himself. He's a phenomenal actor, and when you talk about phenomenal actors, of course, you go Streep, you go De Niro, you go whoever. But I, I, you, you, you probably get a list of twenty or thirty before he might even occur to you. And he's been phenomenal in so many films for so many years, whether it's uh, Reservoir Dogs or whether it's um, the you know the Incredible Hulk way back when. I just think he's an excellent, excellent actor, and I don't know if he always gets the props. And he's a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, I think I just well, like him with Tim Roth, like with the abilities he has as an actor, the talent he has, that he maybe should have had a career that more mirrored someone like an Ed Norton. Um, exactly, that's an I mean? excellent like, point. That's 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 a point I wish I I had made, and I'm going to latch on to. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I so, do, uh, yeah. No, you want me to do this in post, and you can have the point. Yeah, do it in post. <laughs> I, I, all right, all right. And so I think you probably it? should have had a career that was more kind of like let's just say for example Edward Norton okay so you oh, take that I like it you copy it over what you said <laughs> just if you hadn't said that last part I could have uh, compliment <laughs> my point oh excellent point Noel I would never talk thank about. you actually, very much I wish I would have thought of that actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to make <laughs> that point myself now and we just <laughs> we take out your point we just put in my point I will let it in post dude you're the guy who's doing posts so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah I'm a the intern conflict yeah so your number two is tim roth and i agree with that because like he does he's shown that he can do a wide range of things he can do action he can do like he did a good job as light to me um in the light to me thing where he's kind of that uh behavioral analyst kind of person where he's looking at the, the the micro expressions and shit like that and i think that was just a little bit unlucky because it came out around the same time as the mentalist and the mentalist just uh just did a little bit better just found a, a bigger audience ever so slightly yeah 
and then outlasted it. And that happens sometimes where you get these shows that are very similar, that one of them normally picks up the audience and the other one normally falls to the wayside. And it's normally not due to any fault of that show itself. Just one show just kind of grabbed the popularity. And with Simon Baker's portrayal of Patrick Jane in The Mentalist, it was very broad like in terms of its appeal. So I can understand why Light to Me was a bit unfortunate with how Mentalist uh, it was more successful than it, even though Mentalist itself kind of petered out a bit at the end. But like Tim Roth, I think it's a really good choice um, because he's been around for so long and he hasn't had enough uh, main uh, like leading roles throughout his career. And I think that's unfortunate because he's so good. I, I think he's a good choice. My number two is someone that appeared in your overrated list, um, but you also said it could appear on your underrated list. And uh, uh, that's the Enigma himself, Nicholas fucking motherfucking Cage. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, actor. yeah, like, or is he? Or is he? <laughs> that's the thing. Like, with Nicolas Cage, I think, like, what we have for all his careers that you're always going to get Nicolas Cage, but there's just so many fucking different versions of Nicolas Cage that you're always going to get something different every time he appears on screen. And that's what I love about Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage has proven that he can do The Rock. He did the fucking National Treasure one and two. He worked with Disney, you know what I'm saying? Like, so he, he did Pirates of Ghostland, Color Out of Space, Mandy. Like, you know what I mean? This is like eight millimeters. Oh, he's having a second act. In a big way. But like, he could do anything. That's the thing. He matchstick men we talked about before. He could do anything. He can do, like, Nicolas Cage is so odd. Like, he can do uh, Pirates of Ghostland and can seem completely over And then he can do, uh, like, a history of swear words or something for Netflix and seem completely coherent. It makes no sense. It's like, like, literally, like, Nicolas Cage, I'm sure, wakes up and he doesn't even know when Nicolas Cage is like, going to wake up until he looks in the mirror. He goes, Oh, that's who I am today. Let's yeah. wrestle. Let's wrestle, Tuesday. Let's wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I think Nicholas Cage, as you said, he's an enigma. I don't know if he's uh, the best actor that ever existed or if he's the worst actor that ever existed, but I know he's both of these things at any given time. And he's Schrodinger's both, actor, man. Yeah, and and at yeah. both times. I'm always entertained. So whether he's phoning it in, like it, he phones it in and entertains me. Uh, like when Bruce Willis phones it in, he does not entertain me. But when Nicolas Cage phones it in, because he's so crazed in the way he phones it in, it just entertains me in a completely different way because what he calls phoning in is like something that no human being would have a definition attached to the words phoning in because he's just this, this alien creature that wandered onto planet Earth and he's just here to entertain us in many, many different ways and he never stops entertaining us. I don't care if he's Good, bad, indifferent. Nicholas Cage is always Nicholas Cage, and he's always amazing. Unapologetically uh, solved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do I, I don't want me to say to that? You're absolutely bloody right. Yeah. So no, like Nicholas Cage is my on my list. Uh, he's my number two, and your number two is what you call him. <laughs> what did you say? Tim Roth. Tim Roth. So all right, Noel. Just to get us the fuck out of here, who's your number one? And then I give my number one, and we could discuss. <laughs> Helena Bottom Carter. Oh, really? Interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. I think she kind of ended up falling down with her relationship with Tim uh, Burton mm. and uh, kind of the way Depp. she was. Yeah. With her, she, she ended up being, but she didn't get to have his career. She ended up being perceived a certain way. And if you look at her in Fight Club and things that she's been, she's a multifaceted, gritty troupe, I think, at her core, but multifaceted actress. And I don't think it was ever really explored. I think she got typecast as this very kind of exactly specific thing, as in like she probably didn't have to audition. There was like a role and they were like, oh, that's Alina Bottom Carter. I can yeah. see it. Um, and that was great. So she's had a quite a, quite an interesting career. But at the same time, I don't think she was ever... 
I, I don't think she was ever challenged. And I think if you challenged her, you would have been surprised of what she could actually do. And I, I, I don't know. I, I've always been a fan of hers ever since I first seen Fight Club. And I've never not liked her in anything I've seen her in, even smaller roles, even TV roles. And um, I, yeah, I, I really, really, really wish there had been more to her. Again, she got typecasted and Johnny Depp did a bit as well. But Johnny Depp got typecasted as a great character actor. She got typecasted as a character. Yeah. Uh, one character but that I you can put in different scenarios and I I don't know I, I I think she deserved more I really yeah. do yeah I think though the problem with Johnny Depp was though he became a character after a while the goofy dude that puts on yeah. city costumes and just acts over the top like that's his like a lot of his movies with Tim Burton became that but uh, right he was a very good character I think some of uh, Johnny Depp's better roles are the smaller roles he does and I think that's that's like the difference with with, with Helen Bonham Carter. I think her problem is she never got to do some of those smaller roles. She, as you said, she's been wrapped up as a character for such a long time that they've kind of forgotten that Helen Bonham Carter's done these fucking white baby roles. Like she was in like uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Like that's like you know what I mean. That's a period piece, as you said. She was in Fight Club. She's in Harry Potter. You know what I mean. So this woman can do a wide range of things. We don't just have to lock her down as this got looking kooky character that Tim Burton seems to love uh, casting her as or portraying her as. And maybe that's the way he sees her. I know she's his wife, but maybe that's the way she's he sees her that he loves her being this kind of gothy queen kind of type person. But I think there's way more to Helen Bottom Carter than what we're getting to see over the past 10 years or so. And that her earlier career, I think, is a better gauge for the range she has as an actor than her later career. And I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I do. I, 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 I wish there had been more for her when she was in her, when she was starting out, where I wish maybe even just one role that was outside of her purview might have made her perceived a different way. I think, I, I just think there was more to her than she's sometimes given credit for. And I think these other people, they could have been higher up the list, but they had incredible careers. Yeah, uh, Tatia Milsani's kind of still it's still happening for her and I think Alina Bonham Carter she's going to keep on acting at least I hope so but I feel like there was a moment that I think she should have had that she didn't have it and I'm, and I'm sad I think the world of entertainment is slightly worse off for it yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree you know that she did get a bit typecast as her career went along and it's a bit pity because she's such a good actor so my number one is going to be the man himself the fucking Punisher Shane Walsh uh, John Bernthal, another guy from The Walking Dead. And I think that he's finally starting to get a little bit of that shine that he didn't get for a yeah. long time. Because when he appeared in um, uh, The Walking Dead, a lot of people just thought he was a shouty dude. And I think a lot of people, when you look back, was they altered so much from the comic books. I think one of them could have been keeping John Bernthal around a bit longer, Shane Walsh. I know he dies very quickly in the comic books, spoiler alert. But in terms of the show himself and his relationship with Rick and the conflict they shared and the chemistry him and Andrew Lincoln had on screen. That was so important in the first two seasons that to kill him off in the way they did, that it really served to weaken the show for about another season until the governor showed up um, in Woodsboro and all these things. So I think when he got lifted out of that show and he died, uh, luckily for us, he showed back up in Netflix's uh, Daredevil. And we finally got to see the real chops he has. Now he's in a great movie as well called Fury Road with Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. I fucking love Shia LaBeouf, actually. He probably should be on my list. He's really yeah. underrated. Another actor is fucking amazing. He's, a, he's rated. He's just very, very difficult to work with. He's very difficult to work with, but he's shown many, many times in the same, like that he's fucking really, really complex and he can do many different roles. Um, but John Berntal, yeah. I think, is getting a little bit of that shine. 
right now we got to see what he did in Punisher we got to see what he did in Fury Road we got to see what he did in Daredevil hopefully we get to see him again in the MCU even though it'd be a toned down version of the Punisher without a doubt hopefully Marvel are going to go a bit darker Kevin Feige did mention that with Moon Knight that there's a few times where you think they're going to pull back and they don't so hopefully that'll see because we talked about in the Peacemaker episode that Marvel seemed to be happy with going down this same lane because they do it so well that Maybe they won't go darker times, but maybe they will, hopefully they will, and that will create wiggle room for your likes of Matt Murdock, who we see in the pier in No Way Home. We got to see Kingpin, you know, Wilson Fisk. We got to see him appear in Hawkeye. You know, maybe we'll get to see more of the Netflix alumni or um, with John Berntal coming back and maybe a slightly toned down character, but not overly toned down. And we get to see what he can really do. And even if he's not doing that, we got, like he, he was in Sicario as well. He played like a piece of shit cop. Like, I just think that, like, with the roles he's been in, um, I think the shine's going to be put on him now because people are starting to see what he can do. And I think that with the roles he's already done and the way he brought Punisher alive, because Frank Castle was a bit of a laughing stock in terms of superhero movies up until that point. But Thomas Jane, yeah. Dolph Lundgren, Ray Stevenson, all really cheesy, sh- kind of stupid movies. I know Ray Stevenson's definitely had way better acting, or sorry, action, sorry, with Lexi Alexander, who directed it. She said she did a really lean on the action and she did, and she really served the character well because of the gore and how gruesome it was, but it still came across as a bit cheesy. But when you got to see Frank Castle's story played out through John Bertal's betrayal of him, and you got to see what it really means to be a guy that's suffering from PTSD, who just had his family taken away from him, and what he can do, a lethal weapon, and how he can be turned on people and on civilization. I just thought the way he brought that term into character life was fucking flawless. And I can't yeah, he's wait. a strong, strong actor. Yeah, he's gravitas. He just has a grit about him. There's a believability, a relatability. Uh, he, he plays badass without him feeling like he's trying to play badass. Yeah. You can't badass protect your rig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Fury Road was uh, was that what it was called the one with the tank. Yeah, uh, Brad Pitt, Shia Buff, John Burntown. Yeah, he cast. was he was abs- great cast, great film. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's an absolutely excellent choice, and I'm just so glad that Marvel retained his services because I think that was an excellent choice for him to have made. And I, I hope nothing for it. he's one of those guys that you root for because he feels like an every an every man. He yeah. just you know he just feels like somebody that has a gift, and you're hoping that he's given the opportunity to share it. He's not as polished as a lot of a lot of these actors that end yeah. up landing these roles. Uh, he's a good looking dude. He's in good shape and all of that, but he doesn't feel as polished. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's easier to relate to him or imagine being him, I guess, because that's what we do. We kind of put these people on pedestals. But uh, John Bernthal, absolutely fantastic. Have you, ever, have, have you ever seen Wind River? Is that what's called with uh, Jeremy Renner, um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen? Um, it's absolutely fucking incredible movie. Like, uh, if you haven't seen it, I can't really speak too much about it, but he's absolutely brilliant in it. Um, but that movie is absolutely amazing. I think it's called Wind River. Um, but I recommend that movie to anybody. It just shows again that what John Bertale can do with a role, um, even if it's small or big, that like he really has a lot of chops and he has a lot of intensity. And I think that's why he bounced off uh, Andrew Lincoln so well in The Walking Dead, because the both of them really met each other's level of intensity time and time and time again. They really pushed each other on as actors as well as characters. And I think that's why the show dipped ever so slightly when he dis- like when he got killed out with the shame. Yeah. And I think that was, again, the same way Andrew Lincoln showed the strength of his character as an actor that the show weakened when he left. John Berntal did the same thing as well, and he had a lot less time to show how good he was as an actor in that show, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, what, what, what a fantastic cast, what a fantastic, what could have been. But yeah. uh, to be fair, they, they follow the comics and that is kind of the way it played out. But maybe they could have casted someone else and given Bernadal a more uh, kind of long term role. Yeah, exactly. A well, the alter- they, um, uh, they alternated from the comics so much, or they, they diverged from the comics so much that like there's so much room that you could have left them there. Like there's so many characters that are like like uh, Daryl and Merle, they're not even in the comic books. Like so, you can have so much room. There's characters that die. There's characters that have different relationships. There's like uh, like Andrea and Rick's relationship is completely different. Mayshawn kind of gets a lot of her storyline in the show from the comic books. So like there's so much deviation from the comic books. I think one of the major deviations could have been you could have left Shane Walsh around there in the background, even if you don't have him in the show for a while. You could have him be exiled or like abandoned, or you could have had him leave where you leave that door open where you can still have him gone as a threat to Rick. So Rick can develop this kind of Rick Tater role, as they call it, for a couple of seasons. Yeah. In the, like, you know, so like, I just think there, there was room there for the Walking Dead to let him go and have him come back. And I think they might regret it because of how he's flourished as an actor over the past five or ten years, you know? Yeah, agreed. Um, God, uh, you know, all these people that we've mentioned are still alive and kicking. So who, hopefully yes. they get second acts. Yeah, on a Hollywood. Entirely different. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it's a different conversation right. and not too long a period of time. So, no, before we get the fuck out here, who's your honorable mention? Who is my honorable mention? Yeah, you know, it's I not was, dishonorable this time, you know. So I would think if my, if my oh God, honorable mention, I think, um, I think Margot Robbie actually has layers to her and I think she's just been casted because she's very attractive. Yeah. I think, yeah. So I do think there's a lot of actors and actresses out there. They're all actors now, I think. Um, she always kind of comes to mind because, you know, when I seen her playing Tonya Harding and you realize there's a real kind of intensity to her. I, th- I think there's a real levity to her. Yeah. And um, I, I think there's a lot of fun to her. So uh, you, you think something like Harley Quinn and you think, yeah. Harley um, Quinn shows what she can do as an actor. Yeah, but you actually you don't give her credit for it because it seems so silly, I guess. But she's actually just so excellent in the role that mm. she she definitely she she would have made my list. I'd say if I met it out five minutes later, a different bunch of names might have occurred to me. But she was one that had occurred to me didn't quite make the list. But um, I would definitely um, I'd definitely yeah. be in her corner. I think she's an excellent actor. What I like about Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn is that she's so cartoonish, so comedic, and all this at times, and so over the top. But every single moment, you feel like she could stick a knife in your fucking throat. Yeah, she always has that threat factor. Like the way she just kills that dude. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, and I'm really going to miss that monster uh, between your legs or whatever. But you kind of had to die, so I killed you. And in that yeah. moment, she decided that you had to die, so she killed him. And that's the kind of thing with Harley Quinn that I could be chatting to her, I could know for 20 years, but in a split second, something could tick in her head, say, oh, I must kill him now. And she will. And that's why I love Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn, because she's a ticking time bomb. Like, you know what I mean? Like constantly, like, and whether or not you can actually get that fucking explosion and direct it in a way you want it to, all be good for you. And that's what the Suicide Squad kind of is all about. But sometimes she explodes at the wrong time and she'll start killing motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. So that's what I love about the threat factor she brings to that character. So my honorable mention before we get the fuck out here was I was kind of juggling between two names. Um, and what my first choice was going to be Martin Freeman from because like, of Cargo and Fargo and uh, uh, Hobbit movies and stuff like that. I think that uh, he's a really, really good actor and he's in the British office and stuff like that. 
but I think he's kind of had enough of that shine put on him. Um, yeah. He's rated as an actor. You know what I mean? He is rated because he's in a lot of big properties. He even showed up in yeah. Black Panther. He's not just lost in the US office or so. Yeah. Uh, the, the British yeah. office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, uh, because of the Hobbit and stuff like that is the reason that I chose uh, someone else instead of him. And that's someone else who's actually getting some shine now. He's got nominated for an Oscar this year, I think. And uh, for Tick, Tick, uh, Boom. And that is Andrew Garfield. Um, I think for a long time, Andrew Garfield was kind of kicked to the wayside because of the failure of Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I thought it was really, really unfair because he proved time and time again that he's got natural chemistry with almost anybody he's on screen with. He, he, he's just flawless in that way. And I can just start the show now that he was the real, like, you have a, a character like uh, Tobe, an actor like Tobey Maguire, who's a real heart and soul guy. And you have to- Tom Holland, who's the epitome of like a human made puppy, like a puppy made human, sorry. And Absolutely, when, yeah. when you have Andrew Garfield and Spider-Man No Way Home, and he's the heart and soul of that movie throughout. And he's he's the real, like the lifeblood of that movie. And he makes kind you, is, yeah. yeah. And his uh, the portrayal of Peter Parker really reminds you how good Amazing Spider-Man 1 really was and how good he really is at Peter Parker. So we always spoke about that Andrew Garfield probably played the best Peter Parker and the best of playing Spider-Man at the same time and compared to anybody else that portrayed that character. We always sung his praises. He just got really bad luck at the timing with Sony, the hacks, the shitty uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie. He never got a chance to rectify that error by Sony and he finally got to do with No Way Home and we got to see what Marvel can do with him as a character and him as an actor and we got to see Tick Tick Boom that I haven't seen yet but and he's got these other movies I can't remember the name of the other one but Andrew Garfield is starting to show everybody and people are starting to appreciate it now so that's why he got an honorable mention he's not actually on my list because the shine is starting to come on him because the Oscar nod and stuff so I just think that with Andrew Garfield, he's been showing for a long, long time that he's got flawless chemistry, even with Jesse Eisenberg, who's pretty much a human robot um, in, uh, like, you know, in uh, Social Network. He, the way he played that part, I think he played um, Eduardo Sutton, I can't remember his surname, but he played that part really well. And, like, I just think for a long time that he's shown that he's a very capable actor and only now people are starting to realise the same, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. And that's the thing with him. Him, there is optimism for you. Might you didn't make your list because there obviously is a conversation still happening. Had yeah. uh, a few of these people, you feel like the boat might have left without them. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, hopefully we'll sit here and we'll have a conversation similar to this at some time down the road. And I hope it's a very different one. Yeah, yeah, same as like I just think the people in my list that uh, sometimes I, I I think some of them are a little bit typecast, just a bit unappreciated and. Um... That's why it's it's nearly less of an underrated list and more like an underappreciated list, and I think that's the same for you. And I think in a lot of ways that these yeah, actors, I think no, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, think there's a yeah, they're very I, similar, aren't they? You know, yeah, exactly. Because I think these actors have shown us time and time again when they're given the opportunity that they have the bag of tricks there, they have plenty of fucking things they can offer and in different ways, and they're just not given these opportunities at times. And it's good to see John Bernthal, Andrew Garfield, and some other actors starting to get that shine because they really do deserve it. And hopefully the other fucking people on our list get a bit more screen time. We don't get to see Samuel Jackson in 15 different movies this year. And we have to get to see different actors in different movies. And some of these people can actually branch out from the roles that they're well known for, you know? Nice to think. It'll be nice yeah. to think. Yeah. Remains to be seen. All right, motherfucker. There's our list. We get the fuck out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. Let's do yeah, it. Cool. Uh, I'm your host, Vince Green. I'm your host, Walter Antui. And we are a pair of rankers, and that was yeah. our ranking. And we love to rank off. He ranks, I rank, we both rank. Sometimes we watch each other rank. Sometimes each other. You know, our DTF is pretty good. Our uh, score <laughs> ratio, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's what we do. We're a bunch of rankers. We love ranking, and we're compulsive rankers. And uh, we just finished ranking each other, and we finished ranking ourselves. Now we're going to just rank off and get the fuck out of here. So, <laughs> all right, folks. 
See you next time. That was Under Eight Peace. Actors. Peace.